Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of College Kid Talking College Sports. I'm your host, Korea Pounds. And uh, this week, uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit relaxed. Uh, we got college football coming back. Thank God. Yes, sir. College football is officially back, ladies and gentlemen. Today, I'm recording on Saturday. Today is the technically the first true Saturday filled with college football. We got some good matchups today. I'm getting to those a little bit. Uh, but right now, uh, I'm just going to get into the big news for the week. So, starting out, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Rose Bowl. Um, so, obviously, if you don't know, the Rose Bowl is Big Ten versus Pac-12. It is one of the New Year's Six Bowls that happens at the end of the college football season. But because there is no Big Ten season and no Pac-12 season, what are they going to do? So ESPN wrote this article. Um, actually, no, it's a video, excuse me, um, explaining what could happen. Um, Heather Dynick, Deanish, or whatever, his name, whatever her name is, excuse me, um, she went in on this and I gotta say, um, I was, I was just, everybody watch this video. It's really intense about what could happen because also the Rose Bowl is kind of one of those college football playoff spots and say they do have a college football season, like the big 10 and pac 12, like later and the college football playoff is supposed to be at the Rose Bowl. Are we going to have two Rose Bowls in one season? That's something to think about. Um, also, um, the split season. Um, what does it mean? Um, no one really knows what it means. Um, there's an article on ESPN written by, once again, Heather. Uh, she talks about what this kind of split season means uh, in terms of just the college football playoff, uh, in terms of college football in general, and kind of just kind of seeing the real divide between you know, like the top tier packed, um, not Pac-12, <laughs> Power 5 conferences, like, you know, your Big 12, ACC, and SEC, those are like the three schools that are playing from the Power 5, and you have the Big 10 and Pac-12, which Big 10 is actually another powerhouse, but they're not having a season this year, so it's interesting to see. Um, she goes on to explain about kind of just how uh, Kevin Warren, who was the Big 10 commissioner, and... Larry Scott, oh God, who is the uh, Pac-12 commissioner, um, they declined to comment about their position on the season's national championship. So, you know what that kind of means. So they don't want to. They don't want to talk about it because you know they're getting. They're already getting so much hate. Um, I'll talk about the Big Ten later. Later in the podcast as well. Um, so I would give this a read. It's very interesting. Um, they're talking about the Rose Bowl, as I just talked about. Like, what is that going to mean? Um, the bowl games, because, you know, there's 82 bursts and 76 teams competing. So, are some bowl games going to be scratched? Um, I mean, we're going to have three bowl games scratched, obviously, because, that, that. I mean, what would, what would be the requisite for making a bowl game? I mean, is it if you just play, you're in? I mean, do you have to win, like, a certain amount of games because you're in a different conference? Like, what is that supposed to mean? Like... Um, does a group of five team have a chance of making the playoff? Obviously, you have like a UFC, no, not, not UFC, UCF, 
Uh, you have a Cincinnati. Uh, I've heard even Boise State, Memphis. I mean, you have these other group of. I mean, Boise State. Unfortunately, they're not. Are they having a season? No, no, no. The Mountain West is not having a season. So you have a UCF. Um, maybe even like a Navy. BYU's having a season apparently. SMU maybe. Like you never know. And then the Heisman. That's also a good conversation starter. Like what's what's gonna happen with the Heisman? Um, are they going to have the Heisman like presented? Like what's gonna happen with that? And so I would recommend reading that. That's on ESPN. That was I think that came out I think Tuesday or Monday of this past week. One of those two days. Um, yeah, so I was just reading that if you guys want to know kind of like a little more about the college football season and kind of just how it's been into a total tailspin. Um, so big news out of the, uh, Georgia, um, football team, um, the Wake Forest transfer, Jamie Newman has decided to opt out of the season. Uh, he's, so he is from Wake Forest. He transferred, um, right before the season started. Todd McShay ranks him at the number six QB. So he's, he's a top 10 QB. Um, he is beginning NFL draft preparations. Uh, obviously, you know, with everything going on, you know, it's not really the safest thing to play football. And yeah, like he was going to be, he was supposed to be the starter for Georgia this year. So that's a big loss for Georgia. I don't know how they're going to have to, um, uh, make up with that considering they have to play in a tough sec conference this year and obviously their starter their assumed starter is not practicing or not playing this year because of coronavirus concerns obviously we all knew that was going to happen uh he announced this on wednesday so that was a few days ago um so he was a graduate transfer from wake forest um and he's not even going to play a single game for georgia and he's gonna <laughs> pretty much just be there i mean he said on Twitter, and I quote, I would like to thank Coach Smart, which is Kirby Smart, uh, for extending the opportunity for me to be a part of the University of Georgia program, football program, I said, program, football program, I should say. Although my time has been short, I built some great relationships and I've had a chance, chance, excuse me, to continue my development. So obviously it's kind of just PR. Um, we all kind of saw this coming because Jake Fromm, who was the quarterback last year for this team is now a rookie with the Buffalo Bills, and they kind of need a QB. And they did get JT Daniels, who is the USC transfer because Keaton Slavis took his spot. Uh, he joined the Bulldogs in May, and he received an NCAA waiver to win the season. Uh, so it looks like maybe JT Daniels is going to be the starter. That's going to be interesting to see. Uh, he is the assumed favorite right now. Um but Newman, uh, he did pretty well for the Demon Deacons last year. I mean, he started 16 games um, in the two seasons that he did play. Uh, and last year, he completed about 60% of his passes, maybe 61. That's pretty good. Uh, for almost 3,000 yards with 26 TDs and 11 picks. Uh, those numbers are okay. And he had about 500, 600 rushing yards, excuse me, with six scores. So, I mean... Obviously, that kind of sees, like, the quarterback play he has. He's more, more elusive, you know, gets to scramble out of the pocket. Um, I wish him the best. Um, obviously, Kirby Smart is 100% uh, supportive of his decision, but they will miss him, obviously. Uh, but now it's kind of looking on to Daniels. Daniels, um, he is a redshirt sophomore from, yeah, he's from Irvine, California, uh, pretty much, he has three years of eligibility remaining because he 
he missed basically all but one game last year because of a knee injury. So he missed pretty much the whole season. Um, and then Kiran Salavis took his spot. And so it's looking like we're going to see JT Daniels go up against the ICC this year. And I mean, in 2018, Daniels did become the only second true freshman quarterback starting opener for the Trojans. Uh, he graduated a year early from Matterdale High, Mater Day High in Santa Ana. Um, in the two seasons Daniels did play uh, for USC, he threw for almost 3,000 yards with 15 touchdowns and 11 picks. He completed about 61% of his passes in the 12 starts. So that's not too bad. Um, but, I mean, you're blowing up against the SEC. The SEC is a hard conference. I mean, in Georgia, they got to play Bama this year. Of course, LSU, A&M, Tennessee, who's ranked. Like, the list goes on on Florida. Like, so if you're Georgia, like, that's a huge loss that you're at your position. Your starting quarterback, that's a big loss. And considering JT Daniels is not, you know, that durable, he did suffer a knee injury last year in the opener against Fresno State. Like, it's interesting to see. But Georgia also does have three other scholarships quarterbacks. Uh, they have Stetson Bennett, who's a senior. They have redshirt freshman, uh, Dewan Mathis, and then Carson Beck, who's a true freshman. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see. Um, I honestly do not expect uh, Georgia to do that well. But, I mean, they have JT Daniels, who was a top recruit from USC. They got him in the transfer portal. So, I mean, I don't think they're doomed, but, I mean, JT Daniels is going to, not going against the Pac-12 defense. They're going against the SEC, and they are good on both sides of the ball. So, will we see a true JT, will we see a true JT Daniels step up? We're going to see about that. But also, uh, Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney's in the news. Uh, Dabo Sweeney said, uh, basically, that he is not for the delay of the college football playoff. And he wants just the top teams to play this year. So he doesn't want to wait for the Big Ten, doesn't want to wait for the Pac-12 to catch up. He basically just wants, if you're playing this season, I want you to be in the college football playoff. So, I mean, I get it. I truly do get it because if I was in that position, I would not want to wait as well because, like, tell say you had to wait for someone – to basically like be try to be at the same level as you like and plus to be honest with you the teams that are usually in the in the college football playoff are either from the big 12 the acc or the acc i mean you have clemson you have oklahoma you have bama and then georgia or maybe lsu like that sounds about right right i mean that sounds about right it's usually about i mean why should we had ohio state and like years before that i mean we had oregon and uh, we almost had Utah last year, and, like, we had UW in there. So, like, the Pac-12 has not been, like, not there, but it's usually the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC that are kind of there. I mean, I mean, we had Notre Dame one, and that was just a complete disaster. <laughs> but now they're in the ACC, so that's going to be interesting to see as well. But, um, oh, boy. Um, basically, Sweeney just wants, if you were playing this year, then – I mean, hey, you're, you're playing this year. You have a chance to make it to the college football playoff. And I agree with that. I sh it should be the people who are playing this year, not the people who are waiting. And speaking about waiting, the Big Ten. So, 
Tr Donald Trump, yes, the president of the United States, met with the Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Warren, about potentially starting the season earlier, like maybe in October. And Trump, on one hand, said it was going well, like the conversations were good, they were fluid, and it looked like everything was going good. But on the other hand, it looks like from the Big Ten's perspective, they're saying they have no immediate plans to start in October. They said, and I quote, October 10 ain't happening. Multiple sources said that. So that December or November start date can, you know, they said around Thanksgiving weekend that could be an option. Uh, but that goes back to Dabo Sweeney's thing. Would you want to wait for the Big Ten to finish in order to have him in the college football playoff? Or would you just rather not have them at all? And so that is the re that's the really interesting thing with this year, which is really tricky because you really don't know whether or not they're going to be actually like good this year. Like if you want to wait, then yes, that's fair. Cause you know, I mean the big 10 commissioner kind of shot them in the ass pretty much. Like they kind of kicked him in the ass for that one. But going back to what Dabo Sweeney said, like, these players, I mean, in the other conferences, they prepared well. They've um, taken the right protocols pretty much all offseason. Well, for, for some programs. I'm, I'm not saying all, but some programs. Um, and, I mean, I'm, I mean, like, what are you going to do? I mean, if you didn't take the right precautionary measures, that's on you. If you were not ready, that is on you. So, all I have to say to that is, I mean, Dabble Sweeney has a point. If I was the Big Ten in Paxwell, I would just say, you know what, we'll, we'll just try again next year. Or just try not to make it this year. And, I mean, it is going to suck to not see any, like, Big Ten football or Pac-12 football. But at the same time, like, I I mean, you got you to gotta do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. So... Now transitioning into um, college football team is pretty much being hit hardest by players opting out. Obviously, I touched, I just talked about, uh, uh, God, oh my God, I cannot believe I just, I, I already forgot his name, um, the Wake Forest transfer uh, to, um, you know who I'm talking about, um, yeah, you know who I'm talking about. And then last week I already talked about Jamar Chase, uh, pretty much like a top five overall pick in the draft he's opting out as well so that's a big loss for lsu uh but there's plenty of other ones that are going to hurt other teams so the top acc players that are opting out are uh miami defensive end gregory rousseau virginia tech cornerback caleb farley pit defensive tackle jalen twyman wake forest receiver stage surratt uh they all earned acc all ACC honors last season, and they're all focusing on next year's draft. Uh, Newman, that's who's I cannot I cannot believe I've got his name. So I mean, those are big losses for Miami, Virginia Tech, and Pitt and Wake Forest as well. Uh, but I mean, we all kind of saw this coming. Um, a lot of people are opting out because of the concerns, um, because of the concerns of just you know playing with under these certain times, you know, with everything going on so i mean it was pretty evident it was pretty evident also um br draft expert matt miller uh he actually labeled farley as a likely first round pick so i mean it's pretty obvious that um uh, the v tech cornerback is 
gonna opt out and just say, nah, I'm not gonna play this season. Um, I already talked about uh, Jamie Newman. Uh, they lost him uh, due to uh, draft warm-up. And that was a pretty big loss because they pretty much relied on Jamie Newman to be the starter down in Georgia. But, I mean, people really got to focus on the draft if they're high draft class. So, uh, so there's also a pair of 1,000-yard rushers that are opting out. Uh, so the redshirt freshman, uh, Kenneth Gainwell uh, from Memphis, uh, he was fourth in the nation with uh, over 2,000 yards from scrimmage. Uh, he's opting out and is focusing on a draft. And then Oklahoma back Kenny Brooks, uh, who did top the 1,000-yard mark last season, uh, he may follow suit even though his plans are unclear. People don't know what he's going to do, but it's very likely that he is going to uh, drop out, opt out. UCF, the Central Florida Knights, they have a lot of players opting out. Oh, God, they have a ton. Um, yeah, they like um, pretty much in a word. It's pretty extensive. They have a lot of uh, they have a lot of players opting out. So they're losing two running. They they already lost two returning starter two returning starters, and the defensive tackle Kalia Davis, and then their cornerback Tay Gowan. Uh, Davis provided twenty seven tackles last year, eight for loss and three sacks, and Gowan totaled thirty one stops, two interceptions and eight pass breakups. That's pretty big. Those are great numbers to see. But I'm assuming they're also focusing on the draft and. The offense are going to have to replace second-string QB Dan- Dario Mack, who pretty much started only three games in 2018. And Quandry Jones is now, Quadri Jones, excuse me, is now pretty much the only backup for Dylan Gabriel because Mackenzie Milton is, he, 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 his knee is done. <laughs> his knee is just done. So, I mean, they're already thin. They, they were thin at QB, but now they're even thinner. Uh, they also lost. Def- they also lost defensive lineman Mason Choliwa, excuse me, and Kendrick Wilson. Uh, defensive backs Elijah Benoit and Devonte Donson. And on the offensive line, they lost Allen Adams, Lamarius Benson, and Adrian Medley. Um, just rounding out the list of how many players from Central Florida are opting out this year. And they were spread to be at top twenty-five. They were like bottom top twenty-five, like. I remember they were slated at like 21 or something, so I don't really see them having a good season right now with all these opt-outs. Uh, LSU, this is the big one. This is the big school. This is pretty much like the biggest school in terms of like how many losses they've actually had. Let me get a sip of water real quick. So, with LSU, they said the, the hits keep coming, and that's pretty true. I already talked about Jamar Chase. He's skipping his junior year. Uh, he led the country with over almost 1,800 yards and 20 touchdowns last season. And it looks like Racy McMath and Terrence Marshall Jr. are the only LSU returning receivers with more than five career catches. So, And especially because a lot of them went to the draft last year. So LSU is looking pretty thin at the receiver end. On defense, the Tigers are down three projected starters. Uh, defensive tackle Tyler Shelvin, uh, defensive end Neil Farrell Jr., and nickelback Kerry Vincent Jr., who all of them got at least 39 tackles this season. And last season, they decided not to play. And I, I kind of saw that coming. I was like, well, it's just the ways of times. You know, the times right now, I mean, they got to, I mean, LSU is tough. I mean, <laughs> they got to, they got to, 
replaced 14 draft picks last year and the departures this year, and they're already in the SEC. I don't think LSU is going to be as great as last year. I'm sorry. But, I mean, it's tough. This one is going to be unfortunate for me because I was really high on this team, uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels. So, they're still, I mean, they're talented still. They're still talented. Like, don't get me wrong. But they don't have as much depth as anticipated coming into the season. So, DJ Ford ranked fifth on the team with 54 tackles last season. And would have pretty much competed for a starting job at the safety position. Uh, Bryce Watts, uh, he transferred uh, from VTech. And he sat out last year because of that. Uh, he did tally 24 tackles, uh, six pass breakups, and a pick in 2018. And he would have been in that cornerback rotation as well. And these are all people who are opting out, by the way. Uh, sophomore safety, Jamon Terry. Uh, he was on special teams pretty much, but he ended the year with four tackles. He didn't play as much, but, I mean, special teams is still a big role. I mean, uh, kick returns, punt returns. Uh, if you're on the defensive side, you know, preventing kick returns, preventing punt returns, stuff like that. And offensive lineman, uh, Tristan Mitchell. Tristan Miller, excuse me. He was, red for, he was a redshirt freshman. He also opted out, so... I mean, those aren't like the big, big losses, but I mean, those are still big losses for um, the Tar Heels. Um, I mean, I still expect them to do well, but I mean, keep your eye on them. I mean, I mean, especially because they're also in the ACC, so, and that's not the strongest conference, but I mean, they're a little stronger this year. So now we're heading from UCF to USF, the South Florida Bulls. Um, so, oh boy, this is this is bad. Um. Until you and pretty much until UCF's news on Tuesday, first year USF head coach Jeff Scott had the longest lifts of opt outs. He has a lot of people opting out, and this is bad. This is really bad. So there is a if there is a bright side to this, South Florida probably didn't have like have that big expectations for many of these players this year. So I mean that's that's good. I mean that's a benefit though, right there, right? I mean it's not like these players were going to be going to the draft or like getting, like, big starting positions. I mean, they had uh, Josh Berry at running back, Eugene Bauman at corner, tight end Thomas Nance, defensive tackle John Waller, and their wideout Jernard Phillips all seemed likely to hold a reserve role this season, so that's good. Uh, a couple a, tup, a, a couple of Michigan transfers, however, wide receiver Eddie McDoom and linebacker Devin Gill may have been starters, and they're opting out. So big losses for them. McDoom. Uh, got 13 catches for 174 yards for USF last season. And Gill only played six games at Michigan in 2019, but then finished the 2018 season with 33 tackles. That's big. But still big losses uh, for this program. Uh, Southern Miss, the Golden Eagles. Now, they actually did have their game, I think, Thursday. And I'll get into theirs. And I was watching that game for a little bit. And it was really close against Southern, Southern South Alabama. But they've also suffered a, a bunch of losses. Um, fun fact, they have Frank Gore Jr., who is obviously Frank Gore's son. And I think he's a freshman this year. And I think, I mean, if Frank Gore is playing the way he's playing right now, we could see Frank Gore and Frank Gore Jr. playing football together in the NFL. And that's pretty cool. Um, anyway, so UAB is pretty much the front runner in this conference, which is the Conference USA. But Southern Miss has a legitimate chance at reaching the Conference USA Championship out of the West. But now it's a lot tougher for them to do that. Top, top receiver Quez Watkins, he declared for the draft, uh, the twenty, 
He he declared for the 2020 draft. Uh, the Golden Eagles did get Jack Abraham and wide receiver and receivers Tim Jones and Jalen Adams back. Um, the offense still has some in, a lot of upside, but they got to replace Adams too. After he opted out, he got 40 passes for 483 yards and two touchdowns last season. And defensive end Jaquise Turner racked up 46 touch, 46 tackles, 13 for loss, and five and a half sacks in 2019. He's gonna be missed after opting out. Um, with uh, as well, will linebacker Rasheem Booth, uh, 49 tackles. Uh, they also plan to transfer along with running back Steven Anderson. So just a lot of people opting out, a lot of people transferring. Um, I mean, it looks like Southern Miss may have a, still have a chance to get to the Conference USA Championship game. Uh, but I'll get into them when once I talk about the games that have happened and are happening right now. Um, because it's Saturday. Um, University of Texas, the Longhorns. Oh boy. So they they're hoping for a breakout season from Marquez Blimage, uh, the explosive pass rusher, but he is opting out. He's not he's not he's not coming on the field. So Blimage is pretty much the most notable of the three options for the Longhorns. Uh, he did, he only has 19 career tackles, but he entered 2020 with high expectations, uh, potential starter in the defense, and that's better suited for him, for his athleticism. Uh, Daniel Young, the running back for Texas, collected 526, uh, 526 yards from scrimmage as a true freshman in 2017, but he only totaled 61 touches the last two seasons, so Young probably, ta uh, trailed Keontae Ingram, Rashawn jo Rashawn Johnson and Bijan Robinson on the depth chart. And then Willie Tyler, who's a redshirt sophomore, would at least have competed for a backup role for the offensive line. So it's not like huge losses, but I mean, Blimage is a big loss for them, obviously, on the explosive pass rusher, uh, able to get the quarterback. So, I mean, what are you going to do? People are opting out. People don't want to play. And finally, the last team. Oh, boy. Um, a team that already struggles as it is, but now they're going to be struggling even more. Uh, Vanderbilt, the Commodores. Um, top, even though like their top tackle, Dimitri Moore, reversed his uh, decision and will play, the Vanderbilt Commodores still have a ton of absences this season, um, uh, especially on the offensive line. So Cole Clemens, Bryce Bailey, and Jonathan Stewart, who all got at least nine appearances last year, opted out. Clemens' absence is it is pretty much the worst because it, it stings a rebuilding offense because he's a two-year starter. So they lost a big two-year starter, kind of like a leader on that offensive line. Sad to see him go. Uh, they also lost their kicker, um, who would have been a potential starter. from. He was a graduate transfer from Columbia, Oren, Oren Milstein. And, I mean, they're already a struggling school, the Commodores, but... Now, now that just stings a lot more. So, you know, we're gonna see. We're gonna see. Um, also, uh, some break. So, also some news this week. Um, the Pac-12 is gonna provide daily rapid results for COVID-19 tests. Um, they're the first conference to do this, even though they're not even playing football. So that's a big step for them. I just wanted to let that uh, get in here. Um, even though they're not playing football, uh, they're gonna they're gonna provide tests. Um, and I think that's amazing. I think it's a good job really taking this seriously, but, um, I mean, they're not playing, so what are they going to do? Um, <laughs> we'll see. We're going to see about that. Um, 
<sighs> I mean, college football is going to be interesting to see. Um, I remember seeing this the other day. Uh, Penn, St- Penn State Director of Athletic Medicine said the MRIs revealed 30 to 35% of Big, 12, Big 10 athletes with COVID-19 also have myocarditis. Myocarditis. I cannot pronounce that. Um, that's pretty That's pretty alarming. Um, that is a sign. That's a big sign that the Big Ten definitely should not be happening. And um, I'm glad that that decision was made um, for them. Yeah. Um, also, uh, some fun news. Uh, game day. Uh, the game day week one location is going to be at the University of Wake Forest. Wake Forest University, they're hosting it for the first week. Uh, they're playing the number one team in the, the number one team in the country, Clemson, week one. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, oh boy, that's, that's not going to be good. But it's going to be interesting to kind of see how everything works this year because obviously you can't really be right next to someone withholding like a sign or something. Uh, maybe they're not even going to, maybe there's not even going to be any fans. Maybe there's not going to have them. I think that's kind of the safer idea, but they did have game day this week. Um, it was pretty much a very, uh, you know, not controversial, but very needed to happen conversation on there with Maria Taylor. Um, Mariah Taylor, I think is it Maria or Mariah. I don't know. I think it's Mariah, Mariah Taylor. Um, and just a bunch of, uh, power five athletes about racism in this country and, uh, Kirk Hybstreet. He had a very, very great ending to college game day. I was just looking at it right now. Um, so, pretty much just the football's back, I guess. Um, big news, though, out of the, uh, uh, the Big 12, the TCU and SMU game is postponed. Um, from a statement from the big... Um, from the Big 12, uh, TCU, uh, the director of intercollegiate athletics, he said, we are disappointed to announce the upcoming game against SMU will not be played on September the 11th, I think. Um, we have agreed with SMU to monitor dates throughout the season to potentially make up the game. In the course of following CDC guidelines in our aggressive testing and contract tracing strategy, we discovered that some athletes, some student athletes and supportive staff in our football program have tested positive. For COVID-19, those individuals were notified. Those individuals were notified immediately, and are currently abiding by CDC protocols. So pretty much just people testing positive, yada yada yada. Got to move the game. It's unfortunate to see, but um, I mean, it was pretty much bound to happen. I knew this was gonna happen anyway. Pac-12, um, they may be eyeing a winter season. Uh, Larry Scott said there's a high degree of confidence in January college football start date. Uh, yeah, he said on Friday that he's confident the conference will start playing football no later than January after the start of the season was delayed. Um, you know, we're going to see about that one. <laughs> I mean, that, that one just, you know, we're going to have to see about that one. Um, I honestly don't know. Um, you know, we're going to see, though. We're going to see. Um, there's a lot of protests going on right now at the University of Michigan talking about letting them play. And, I mean, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's just hard. It's hard to see this. I mean, you really want, like, these teams to play and stuff. But you also got to think, like, 
these players need to be safe. These players need to be safe. They need to be um, they need to be able to play the game of football and be safe. And I don't think a lot of people realize like the risk of playing football, especially like football, and with everything going on in the world. So, I mean, people just people just need to, people just need to really just see what the hell's going on. Um, something I kind of interesting, like interestingly found out, but like didn't really realize there's going to be some good rivalry games this year. Um, I mean, there's not like a ton cause you don't like it. Like the Notre Dame, Stanford, Notre Dame, USC, like you don't get like those ones, but like, there's still going to be some good conference ones. I mean, you got army Navy still that's on December 12th. That's a classic, you know, battle of, um, battle of the military pretty much. Um, you have the Army's just full-on, run-heavy, pro-style offense, just running it down your throats, pretty much. And Navy, who's explored with that as well. Um, I mean, it's still going to be a great, it's still going to be a great game, for sure, without a doubt. Um, that's on December twelfth, so that's pretty much like near the end of the season, of course. Uh, we get we get Florida State Miami. That's a big one. The U versus Florida State. That's pretty much been a big rivalry. Um, for a little while now, and uh, pretty much over the last 15 years, the the game, the spotlight on Miami and Florida State has pretty much dimmed. Like the Miami Hurricanes, their their program has you know been up and down all around, and Florida State's kind of the same way. Ever pretty much after Jameis Winston, that their their program's been up and down and all around. Um, but because of this adjusted schedule, it really provides the rivalry for this. Um, and I and I I actually kind of like this game. It's gonna be interesting. I mean, we're gonna see Mike Norvell's rocky off season versus Manny Manny Diaz's um, rough debut from last year. Like, I mean, they could use they could use a positive outlook early. Oklahoma State Oklahoma. This is actually gonna be a good game. That's on November twenty first. So that's I think the week before Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's gonna be actually a good game. Um. I mean, you got to think, like, Oklahoma State's going to be good this year. Like, Mike Gundy has actually brought in a good squad of players this year. And Oklahoma, obviously, they're top five. I think Oklahoma State's, like, ranked, like, I think 18 right now. Or I think around, like, the mid-teens. So, I mean, people be sleeping on this game. But it's going to be a very good game. Very back and forth. Um, I mean... Oklahoma State, they have an exciting offense. They just got Tay Martin from the Cougars, uh, Washington State, in the transfer portal. Um, they got Spencer Sanders. He's a dual threat QB. Um, Chuba, like, they're, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. That's going to be a good game. I would I would circle that date. LSU, Florida. Now, this game last year was pretty good, and I think it's going to be this year again that's going to be good as well. Uh, Kyle Trask starting for the Florida Gators um, in his second year. Um, it's 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 kind of foolish to rule out the possibility of a loss before the matchup. Like, it's just still going to be a game. Like, the conference wins are, like, always obviously, obviously very valuable, especially this year. Uh, the SEC's 10-game schedule, it really brings out the importance. Florida is really desperate to dethrone Georgia in the SEC East. And then LSU, you know, coming off the national championship win, pretty much trying to dominate in the SEC West again. I mean, 
both teams desperately need a win in this one, like in terms of like wherever they play. But you know, that's that's a that's a game I would definitely have to circle. You got to watch that. Auburn, Alabama. Auburn, Alabama, the Iron Bowl, November 28th. And I think that is the day after Thanksgiving. So <laughs> we get a treat after the day after Thanksgiving right here. I'll tell you that much right now. So pretty much Auburn, Bama, Iron Bowl, always good. Always great matchup. Uh, so pretty much in every, one, every single one, from, 20, oh, from 2008 to 2018, Either Bama or Auburn has entered the Iron Bowl ranked first or second in the nation. You know how crazy that is? Like, do you know how crazy that is? I mean, although the streak ended last season, Alabama was still in the top five. Like, do you know how crazy that is? From 2008 to 2018, for 10 straight years, either Auburn or Alabama, when going into the Iron Bowl, they were either raced, ranked either number one or number two in the country. That, that's impressive. <laughs> that's going to be impressive. The Iron Bowl is a little bit lower in the rankings this year. I mean, um, because uh, both programs got to play Georgia and LSU earlier. And Auburn and Bama isn't really a SEC West. Con I mean, is Auburn going to be a contender by the late November? Is Alabama going to be a contender by late November? We don't know. We don't know how that's going to happen. But I it's still going to be a good game. Big rivalry. Big, big rivalry game right here. So... I expect nothing less but just, like, something good. Auburn-Georgia, that's going to be a good game. So, Auburn-Georgia won't have any time to celebrate after the first weekend because they play the next weekend. <laughs> so, yeah, they literally play the, the second weekend of the SEC. Uh, so, this is pretty much a critical matchup for both programs, and I agree. Every conference loss is damaging to them. Um one team is guaranteed to lead Sanford Stadium with a blemish on his SEC record. I mean, if you both are one and zero, I mean, a one and one team that loses, like a, a one and one Georgia team, a one and one Auburn team. I don't, I don't know. That doesn't sound too good. Even if a season without the Big Twelve, not not Big Twelve, the Big Ten and the Pac Twelve, there still isn't that much margin in error for the college football playoff. I mean. You have you still got Florida, you still got A and M, you still got Notre Dame, Oklahoma, like you still got some big schools. You still got some big schools. Um, even though it's really early in the season, like I mean, it's still it's difficult to really say like a one loss team like Georgia could get in because they lost to Auburn early in the season. But you know we'll see when that happens. Uh, number four, the Red River rivalry. Oklahoma, Texas, August, not August, October 10th. So, if both programs are 3-0, the the Red River rivalry should join Auburn's trip to Georgia as one of the 2020 earliest matchups between top, as one of the best between top 10 teams. And I agree with that. I mean, you got Oklahoma, who's ranked five nationally right now. Um, I mean, I don't know what their schedule is, but I mean, I think they may start 3-0, but... They start 3-0, and then Oklahoma and Texas both start 3 I mean, that's going to be good. And those and those games are always good. But the Big Ten sends the best two records to the championship game. So um, I'm pretty much saying maybe the winner of this game is going to go to the, ch to the championship game and maybe join OK State maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But I can guarantee you the winner of this game is going to the, to the Big 12 championship. Number three, Florida and Georgia. 
this game is pretty much for the SEC East power, and I agree with that. This is this is the game to determine who is going to the SEC championship from the SEC East, and it's always these two teams. It's always these two teams, either Florida or Georgia, and it's usually been Georgia for these past few years, but Florida has a good chance right now. Georgia obviously just watched Jamie Newman, the transfer from Wake Forest, who was going to be the starter. They got JT Daniels behind the helm right now, and I don't really know. Can he step up? We'll see. So before this clash, Florida has to travel to AM and then they host LSU. Yeah. <laughs> and the I mean, the Bulldogs, Georgia, they take on Auburn and Tennessee before uh, heading to Alabama and Kentucky. And then they have Florida. So, <sighs> so, so this is going to be in Jacksonville, which is interesting because it's a neutral spot with the quotations. But, I mean, it's in Florida, and Florida is playing Georgia, so, like, it's going to be interesting. So, this is not only for the SEC championship, this is maybe for a college football playoff. I mean, if Florida wins, like, are they in? Like, depends on how many record, depends on what the record is. If Georgia wins, are they in, depending on how the record is? Like, this is this is a big game. This is, like, one of the biggest games of the year. It's definitely for the SEC title. For SEC East title, excuse me. Number two. Oh boy, Alabama LSU uh in mid-November. So we saw what happened last year when LSU traveled to Bama and they beat the brakes off of them in the first half. But then Alabama did start to make a comeback, but LSU beat the brakes off of them. <laughs> I mean, let's be real here. They they beat them down in the first half. But this presuming that LSU and Bama are supposed to be good. This could be for the SEC West title. And I can see that. This is potentially for the SEC West title. Um, on paper, LSU is like more likely to lose this game. On paper. But Coach O may have something up his sleeve. You never know. And then you're going against Saban, who's obviously one of the best coaches in football. So, oh boy. I mean, I want to say Alabama's going to win this game, but... I mean, you never know. We know until you know. And plus, record the rec their records going into this game may be different. Like maybe Alabama struggles, maybe LSU struggles. Like coming into this game, we'll have to see what happens throughout the regular season for both teams. But for right now, I want to say that Alabama's going to win this game. I want to say that. And then the number one game of the year is Georgia Bama. This is pretty much an SEC championship game. Um, I mean presuming that both teams do well. Um, but Alabama and Georgia, they're ranked three and four in the country right now. This is going to be like one of the biggest games of the year. Usually we don't get this in the regular season. We always get it in the in the postseason, as in for the championship game. But this may determine who is in and who is out. And I 100% agree with that. This may determine who is in and who is out in terms of uh, teams that are making the playoff or teams that are not making the playoff. Georgia and Bama, well known for their just their accolades. This game will determine who is going to the playoff and who is not. Bookmark that right now. I, I'm telling you, bookmark that right now. Circle that calendar. I think it's October 17th or October 10th. One of those two. Circle the calendar right now, please. If if you if you have a pen and you have the ability to circle, circle right Georgia V. Alabama, circle that. If you're a college football fan, watch that game. Okay. Um, so that's that's those are pretty much the top 
those those are the top games, and I agree with that. I I circled Georgia Bama as the top game of the year. Um, some sleeper ones like you have Clemson Notre Dame that could be a sleeper. Um, you also have I think I think Notre Dame plays UNC I think so that's a sleeper as well. Um, but now we're gonna get into some college football that has already happened or is happening as we speak. So yesterday, uh, no, not yesterday, two days ago, Thursday, we had some of the first FBS games. We had UAB versus Central Arkansas and South Alabama versus Southern Miss. Now, South Alabama, uh, they won. They beat Southern Miss, and that's their first road win since 2017. So that's a pretty big, um, that's a pretty big tally for South, South Alabama, and for for Southern Miss, I mean, they did not look good on offense. I mean, they just couldn't, they just weren't able to finish in the red zone. Um, pretty much no offense, no offense whatsoever. I mean, um, yeah, it just, it just looked bad. I mean, it looked from the gate that South Alabama was trying to play this game. Uh, they went out to 13, nothing in the first quarter. And then at the half, it was 13 to 10. And then it just, they just went away with it. Finished the game 32-21. Uh, Frank Gore Jr., if you're wondering, 12 carries, 32 yards. So he's averaging about almost three yards a carry. So that's not too well. So, I mean, it's hard to see that. And then we have uh, UAB, the Blazers versus Central Arkansas, and the Blazers won. And the UAB, the Blazers, they set their Conference USA record with their 19th straight home victory. Very impressive day. Uh, their quarterback, Johnson the third. Uh, you've had a great day, 17 of 25, with 143 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Running back Brown, 24 carries, 127 yards, and a TD. Uh, so obviously the offense was there. Uh, Braylon Smith for the Central Arkansas Bears did have a good game, though. I mean, he his completion percentage was not the best, but he still threw for 100, 100 almost 200 yards, three TDs, and a pick. Um, but this was pretty much back and forth. Um, it started out 14-7 to UAB in the first quarter. They got out to a 21-7 lead, and then at the half, it was 28-21. So, I mean, close again. Uh, and then they pretty much just went away with it in the second half, go out 45-21 in, th in the fourth, and then started to come back, but it was a little too late. So, those are the games for Thursday. Today, we have so far two games. Uh, we have Eastern Kentucky and Marshall. Uh, Marshall is up 59-0 <laughs> in the fourth quarter so that's pretty much an obviously automatic win for marshall the green herd or is it uh what is it the herd or i, I forgot what the, i think it's the herd and the army the army um they're facing middle tennessee right now in the third um army's up 35 nothing <laughs> so that looks like another blow army you know i already talked about it they're just that run down your throat offense pro style love to do the option um they do triple options sometimes. They don't do a lot of read option because they just love to run the ball down your throats. But also some games today. We also have SMU Texas State at 1.30 uh, Pacific time. So that's starting in about almost 30 minutes from now from when I'm recording this. Um, we have Houston Baptist versus North Texas at 4.30 Pacific time. We have Arkansas Memphis, Arkansas State in Memphis at 5 o'clock Pacific time. And we have Stephen F. Austin versus UTEP at 6 o'clock east pacific time at eastern and that is and then tomorrow on, on monday we have byu navy and that's gonna be a good game that's monday at five o'clock 
Monday, uh, September 7th at 5 o'clock Pacific time. And I would recommend watching that. That's going to be a good game. That's going to actually be a low-key good game. BYU and Navy, um, you know, on paper, I mean, it's pretty even. I mean, BYU, last year they had some surprise upsets, but I think Navy is a huge upset this year. Um, Navy is a huge favorite, excuse me. And, yeah, um, that's going to be it for me this week. Um, tune in next week. Um, I'm going to be talking a little more specifically about college basketball, and I'll uh, keep you up to date with the latest news on college sports. Um, this has been College Kid talking college sports. I'm your host, Korea Pounds, and I'll see you guys next time. And also, don't forget, go to the Instagram, give it a little like, a little follow. It's at underscore, it's, excuse me, it's at college kid underscore college sports on Instagram. That's me. And the YouTube videos will be coming out very soon. The YouTube is College Kid Talking College Sports, just like the Apple Podcast and your Spotify podcast. And also, we are coming to Amazon as well. Audible is coming soon. Uh, I still have to hear from them about that. So that's coming soon. So tune in for that. But next week is probably going to be about college basketball. A little more focus on that. You know, thinking about like top teams, you know, recruiting and all that stuff. And then after that, we're probably going to get into some other sports like soccer and when they start to start. But I know I've been a little uh, delayed on these recordings just that school is starting. And I mean, I got to do what I got to do, man. <laughs> I mean, school starting. And but this is going to be a weekly thing, mostly on Saturdays or Sundays on the weekend. Uh, I'm going to give you the latest news on what's going on in college. So. Uh, this has been College Kid Talking College Sports. I'm your host, Korea Pounds. I'll see you guys next time. Peace out.